Hey, it's Fred Van Lente, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. I'm not going to mess with perfection. That's the Kate Upton of Woohoo's. What Kate Upton's looking like these Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, she living in Vince's mind. Like she fell man. off though, like not not not. I don't mean fall off like after she looks. I mean I don't feel like you don't hear much about her. She's not, she, she's not the, the latest hotness. She made her impact. You don't need to do anything. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, I know she's I married. Think... To, she's married to Justin Verlander. Yes. You know, so it's not like she needs to work. I'm sure she's. It's interesting. I wonder who's made more money in their lives, her or him. It's Isn't that? It's always fun to ponder that. Well, not, like, not personally, like, but like Gis- Giselle, <laughs> right. like Giselle made more money than Tom Brady, but you know most people right. probably wouldn't realize that. Right? Yes, he was in charge of the bunch. <laughs> Bro, like that's horrible. Hey, <laughs> hey, everybody! <laughs> horrible, dude. <laughs> hey, everybody! <laughs> the worst dad joke ever. That's like, he's killed himself over it. Holy shit! Oh, Shut up! It was a good one. This, that's the end of the episode. We can't no. that. We're done. Hey everybody, it's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 845, <laughs> and I'm Vince B. Yeah, you are a corny Vince B. I am David A. Price. This is true, and of course, I am everybody's favorite artificial intelligence, a.k.a. Brent Spiner. Wow. <laughs> See, Brent isn't artificial. He's not. He's real. Well, I mean, come on. You can't fake that. Clearly, he's in. He clearly is an android. <laughs> Hey, he got with Denise Crosby. That's enough for me. Dude, you know homie, you know homeboy's my dad's age? Who? Brent Spiner. Wow. He's 74, man. Hey, ain't nobody on that show is spring chicken anymore, man. Nah, you're right. Yeah. You're right I mean, shit, the I mean, show was on like in 1989, 88. It's like these. Like Will Wheaton probably fitty, right? Yeah. Dude, Denise is Crosby. No, I'm kidding, right? Oh, my God, he is 50. Holy shit. Yes. Dude, Will Wheaton is 50. And I will, and, and listen, I. I, I I love Will. I've always been a fan. I mean, I've, ne- I've never really been a huge fan of early Wesley Crusher. That's one thing. But Will, I've been a fan of. And I have seriously, not to get us too far off topic right away. Mm. Um, well, it's his fault. Right. Um, so there's there's something called the Ready Room on, on Paramount+. Plus. It's it kind of like lets you know what's going on in, in the Star Trek universe. And I have been watching Will host this show for this third final season of Picard and, and and he's having the actors come on and he is he is genuinely just a real I mean I know it really comes across that way and but but like just sitting him seeing him sit in his chair across from the couch from these other people that that he's worked with for for, for when he was a younger kid and it's just the 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 affection is so genuine he has for for this whole franchise and but but just to bring it all back to to TNG and how old these people are and just how, how they've all grown and, and just yeah. been a family. It's, it's it's great. Yeah. What was that host's name again? Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Wheaton. Yes. And, hey, I got some news for you, people. I have the perfect equation, uh, the combination on how you can maximize your comic book dollar. It's right in the name. Cheap graphicnovels.com There's no false advertising here. Cheapgraphicnovels.com Go there and you're, you will have the maximum impact with your comic book dollar. If you want to have some maximum carnage 
with your comic book cash. Go to cheapgraphicnovels.com because you you heard me last week. I did the comparison on Amazon versus cheapgraphicnovels.com. Amazon couldn't even compare. It's ridiculous. The prices were so low. Omnibus, collected edition, manga, all that stuff. You can get it at cheapgraphicnovels.com. And if you are a first-time customer, I was like Shatner there for a second. If you are a first-time customer, then you can reply to your order confirmation. Just you place the order, click the button, you'll get an, uh, a, an email saying, yeah, okay, here we go. This is your confirmation. Reply to that and tell them that you were referred to them by us, Lemon Clock Comics. And guess what? You will receive a free shipping credit for your second order. That's when you get the entire run of the Dark Horse Berserk Deluxe Editions. Makes sense, does it not? Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. 3D chess over here. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Go there. Spend some money. Treat yourself. Do it. Yes. yes. Take, take some of that tax return money and make yourself happy. I always make myself happy. Tax return money. That's cute. <laughs> Well, listen. My I mean, bad. It must be. It it it, it really does. It's it's bittersweet. I, I I love you, boo. But it's one of those things where it's like, if you can afford to pay those kind of taxes, then then you're definitely seriously in right. He's got the shape than a lot of the other fucking people. Lusitania in his driveway. And I'm not saying it doesn't fucking sting. But if I had your tax bill, I'd be doing okay. Right? Why there's a <laughs> ship in his driveway? I don't know. But anyway. Um, it's time to talk about what we're drinking. It it's is. also time to pretend. Because that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> time oh. to stop. Time to pretend a double New England style IPA, 8.7% alcohol by volume from the Beer Tree Brew. Wow. Yes. It's very tasty. And it's brewed and canned in Johnson City, New York. That's by Binghamton. And you can check out their stuff at beertreebrew.com. It's very tasty. And it's 16 ounces, so I have like three of them. So 8 oh, point, boy. Yeah, 8.7 by 16 it, times 3. Mm, it's going to be fun. That's all I'm going to say. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Much more fun than what I'm drinking, uh, which to, I'm, I'm triple fisting too, which is good. Yeah, right. just like you. Um, but I've got a glass of water. I've got a almost finished cup of coffee, and I've got some lemon lime G Zero. Boy, yeah, it's gonna be it can be fun. It's good be a party, whatever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I uh, the big ass cube for Vince. I am enjoying some um, some really nice tin cup American whiskey, uh, eighty six proof. Wow, that makes that makes eight point seven look like nothing. But I'm drinking more alcohol. Yes, yes, because you're not drinking thirty. I'm not drinking the bottle. Yeah, you're, you're right. You'd be dead. I uh, I think so. I'd be, I'd be hurt. I don't know about dead. I'd be. I mean, I might have built up a little bit of me, but I mean, I there's there's. You'd be dead. I'd. Be, <laughs> Fine, I'd be dead. <laughs> All right. So here we are. Remember, the book of the month 
is Dap. Department of Truth. Yay. Are you one? What do we say it was? The end of the world? Is it though? I mean Could be. I you, you feels tell like us it. when uh, I, mean, I feel fine, so when you read it, oh my god, it's not gonna end tonight. <laughs> Yeah, it, yes, it's the it, end of the world collecting it, issues one through five. You start quoting REM, things really turn to shit. Wow, that is. So, I mean, wow. I mean, when you think about all the other, all the other acts, all the other bands, musicians mm. that have done their fillware tours, and this is retirement, and but I mean, like REM is like they're just. They're, I don't. I mean, I don't know if Michael Stipe and the rest of the crew like well, are producers or do things behind the scenes or write for other musicians, but I mean, like. They're done. Like, well, didn't we Peter Buck die? One of them died. Does that stop anybody. I mean, well, look at look, look at um, <laughs> does that stop anybody? Look, look at Andy Taylor. I mean, Duran yeah. Duran's doing like a fair, and he's like, he's still, he's he's dying. The man has cancer, and like, this is his last hurrah, like on the planet, let alone on tour, and he's still like devoting time to the band and and the fans. That's awesome. But I mean, I've always liked Duran Duran, but it, it's it's. But yeah, I mean, as far as REM goes, I was thinking about it the other day because what's the frequency Kenneth came on? And I was just like, no, I don't mind that. I like that. I do too. It's on one of it's, yeah. it's on a random playlist I have. But there's and and even um, no, Stan, not really. Yeah, there, mm. there's certain things aren't fresh. I mean, there's some songs where I'm like, yeah, that's kind of neat. It's catchy. It's kitschy. But it's but I mean, as far as like the band themselves are like making music and and uh, you just like at least you'll see Spin Doctors some like on these like Oof. yeah like like you know. Yeah, got, fair, got some granola. Yeah. <laughs> a little crunchy. But I mean, like, REM's just like, they're done. Like, they're done. Oh, we're out. Well, they um, broke up in 2011. I mean, they never got back together. So. Okay. So that was. Do yeah. you know where the uh, name Duran Duran comes from? I'm sure you do. No, I don't, actually. And I, I really? I'm a Duran Duran fan. Yeah. Barbarella. Oh. Uh, How about that? I bet you Dap about it. Dap, did you know that? I. Did not I, I wouldn't have been able to recall it. Like if it was if we were playing trivia at the bar, I probably wouldn't have gotten us the win. But that is something that but I that's know. why we put three heads together. Right. Well two and But a I half. know I know D R E L I R used to I, I know they mentioned it at least once. And speaking of, of bands and, and their names, um the band, the one hit wonder, Tapau, you know where they got their name from. Yes. Could be a yeah. Klingon. Uh, no, Vulcan. That's, I meant, Vul- I I meant Vulcan. Meant. I yes. know what you meant. Yeah, from, from a mock time. From, from, from the episode mock. where Kirk and Spock fought. Yes. Can we talk about comics, please? We should. Yes. I mean, I guess. All right. It seems like you're having a fun time, though. I mean, I don't want to stop Yeah, that. I was going to say. I'll mean, stop the train, bro. Keep, keep the party going, you know what I mean? I love the party. I have nothing but party books this week. Good for you. Yes. Did you read something um, you were particularly excited about? It's funny you worded that way. You're you're on like some wavelength this week. I I I actually was just the opposite. I I, I read comics this week, but oh, no. I didn't read any. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't like I didn't read things. I'm like, oh, it was terrible. But it was like you know, I was like, man, I I don't really have anything particularly insightful or passionate to say about most of these. Like, they were, like, good comics. They were, like, threes out of fives, you know? Like, they were good. Like, I'm, I'm cool with them, and, like, that's fine. But there was none. I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a spound on this, you know? Like, wow. it was just sort of, like, 
No, I mean, I have some things we'll talk about, but I mean, it wasn't like, but it was just, it wasn't one of those weeks where I, I was rolling up my sleeves trying to figure out which of the things I wanted to to shower adoration upon for the for, for, for the masses. Hmm. You're kind of not alone there. I, I oh, it Jesus. was, I mean, not not that the things, no, the, the bulk of my list are things that I'm, you know, I was happy about, but there were a few things that I read this week for the few, the, the few things, because I didn't read a lot, that I was just like, I can't, I can't read. Like, like, there was something on my list from last week, and I'm glad I didn't bring it up, because I'm like, I wouldn't have been able to, it hurts, because it's a, it's a character that I'm a fan of, but I'm like, I can't, I, I, I can't really spin this in a positive light, so I, I know what you mean. All right, well, did you just move over then, because I got something. <laughs> Word up. Word up. We can always count on you. Yes. Yep. The first issue has a silver foil. A cover. Oh, God, I know what it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, this came out in 1992. Damn. Yeah. Um, so we're talking primetime image. It was written. A prime was Malibu. <laughs> was written by Mr. Rob Liefeld uh, in cahoots with Brian Murray, someone named Ripley. Uh, Eric Stevenson, who has since moved on to much bigger things, and uh, Kurt Hathaway. It was illustrated by Brian Murray, Sean McManus. Oh. Yes. And uh, someone named Petty, who didn't, it's P-E-D-I, who didn't do a whole lot of work, a bunch of pinups, some stuff uh, for image, uh, but what exists I love because it's so weird. It does not fit. Even within the the brackets of the, quote, image style, this petty person was an outlier. Like, it is just wacky, super exaggerated. But we'll get to that. Um, the inks were done by Rob himself, Danny Mickey, and Chris Ivey. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Supreme. I read the first 20 issues of Supreme, but I'm not going to go through all of it. Uh, the, I'm just gonna hit on the big beats. Uh, I had so much fun with this book. Yes, we sometimes give Mr. Liefeld a bad name. Like we, we 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 like to pile on. You know, if you're not gonna get him for his drawing, you're gonna get him for his uh, his business dealings and and his tactics at conventions. All that shit. Yeah, whatever. But his role in early image. I have to admire the man's, let's call it a vision, because all of the extreme books back in the day were so cohesive. Like the synergy between these things was incredible. You had Supreme, Young Blood, right? Brigade, uh, was this Blood Wolf character, whatever. Um, and and the the books like crossed over like crazy. One of the big crossovers was Extreme Prejudice, and that takes place within the the issues that I the, that I read here. But it it was nuts just how I don't know if he had a plan going in or if he just said, you know what, I got all these characters that I made. Let me see if I can't. Throw them all together one big pot because if they read one book, they're going to have to read them all because the storyline's going to hip hop or, or skip into each book. Like it's nuts. But anyway, so who's Supreme? I thought it was pretty ballsy that Supreme doesn't let loose with his uh, origin for like eight or nine issues into the run. Like 
you don't know. Obviously, he is a Superman analog, yes? yes. Because he is uh, massively powerful, able to take long sojourns into space and other planets um, like Superman, and that's where the series begins. Supreme comes back to Earth after 50 years off-planet. And uh, he is um, very egotistical. He believes himself to be a god. He is, he is of the Superman template, but in mindset, he is anything but Kal-El. Like, what's going He's very egotistical. He believes that were it not for his presence, the United States would have lost World War II. Because he saved everybody. So yeah, pretty much of a you know he's he, he he just has a huge massive chip on his shoulder. So he comes back to Earth after fifty years, and who does he run smack dab into? Well, I'll give you a hint. It's a Liefeld book. So um, young blood, Sentinel, Die Hard, Bad Rock, Combat, yeah, AKA Combat, um, and Photon. They're like, we're um, representatives of the United States government. State your business. And Supreme, like, just kicks the shit out of all of them. <laughs> every, every one of them. Um, but what's the deal with Supreme? Why is he so mad? He's pissed off that um, ordinary human beings are being genetically engineered into superhumans. And he doesn't think it's right. He doesn't think you should be messing with the human DNA to create these massively powerful beings. But he's a hypocrite because as we learn in that issue in which he does reveal his uh, some of his origins. Oh, well. Oh, my. Okay. Yes, yes, I dropped something, but it's okay. Um, he, he may look like Superman and have the powers of Superman, but he's more Captain America than Superman because he was mm-hmm. part of a super soldier program. And he was administered these these crazy uh, concoctions of drugs, and eventually he became what he became. So, a bit of a of a um, hypocrite, right? Uh, so he came back to Earth, but little did he know that someone followed him, and that was Chrome the Conqueror, and it's K R O M E. You know what? These books are so much fun. I just love them. Um, and they fight and, and okay, um, Supreme wins. But one of the things that I, I almost filled my drawers because I don't remember, I didn't remember it um, from back in the day. Maybe I didn't read it. Maybe I did. And I just forgot about it. Um, Thor appears in the pages. Of Supreme, mm-hmm. and it's not Marvel Thor. It's it's sure. a public domain. Anybody can use him, Thor, and and Thor's adult. He believes that it's still World War Two, and he's he has a mad on for Adolf Hitler, because Hitler duped him into fighting for the Reich, and Thor's like, I shall not, yea, verily, whatever, I shall not be a pawn in thy game, and he's 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 throwing around soldiers like 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 kindling looking for hitler and they're like the fuck is wrong with this guy like hitler's dead long time and he's he's like where's hitler and so uh supreme goes head to head with thor and beats the shit out of him not only does he he uh best him he takes mjolnir 
So Supreme is using Thor's hammer throughout a good chunk of these issues that I read. That's insane. It's worthy. It's just well, there's there was that's the thing. There was no talk about being worthy or not. He just picked up just picked up the the hammer, and um, but Thor's like uh, he's like give me that goddamn hammer. Um, But he's lucky that he did pick up the hammer because this is where the extreme prejudice crossover comes in. I got them right here. Um, I got to say, I love Sean McManus, and it was an absolute joy to see him draw stuff like this, where um, just drawing young blood and um, supreme. Like, he goes all out, man. There's a, a reporter that has it in for um, Supreme because her father was collateral damage in the fight with chrome the conqueror her dad died and so she wants to expose the hell out of supreme on tv so she she's she like dogs him and tries to get uh uh, an interview with him and and he agrees to it right but um as the interview is going like she doesn't put him in his place as the interview is going on um something else happens i think uh it's the the fight with quantum uh, starts and so he's got to leave but she's like god dang damn it um but what was i saying uh sean mcmanus yes is his art's beautiful but the fight with quantum if supreme didn't have mjolnir this quantum character would have totally destroyed him that's the only reason why he survived was because he had mjolnir uh it's just fun just amazingly fun comic booking but um, to get to this Petty character, P-E-D-I, shows up in, I don't know if it's a he or a she. We'll, we'll call them a them. Shows up in the Extreme Prejudice uh, crossover part four in, in Supreme number 11. The art is so exaggerated. It's ridiculous. Like, it's even exaggerated by Liefeld standards. Like, the legs are massive. It looks a little bit like there's a McFarlane edge to it. Uh, in the facial features, but the anatomy, anatomical details, holy shit. Like, there's one, Quantum has Cabot and um, the other guy, I forget the other guy's name, uh, like, chained, uh, energized to a wall, and they're talking, and their mouths are these little tiny McFarlane mouths, but their hair is all over, like, stupid details that should not be uh, embellished yep we're gonna draw the shit out of the, these guys hair like why not because it's cool it's just insanely cool um i may love these books more than you guys i don't know B- based on the fact that you're not saying anything did you guys read these <laughs> an issue here or there i definitely read the first issue um i didn't read it with any any regularity um i completely forgot about supreme being enhanced um yeah he's like super rob rob really likes the um the deathstroke origin he used it i mean he he riffs on the name the 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 way wilson name slave wilson name but yeah the whole enhanced you know the super soldier serum with with but it's um not even blood strike you didn't read blood strike like that was the, again that was the book two. back yeah, then there was just i mean it, it was Stormwatch. the whole the whole crew storm watch a little bit um but the uh, the the 
Extreme Studios with with Murat Michaels and uh, yeah. Marcella, and I mean a lot of the art wasn't. I know that you tend to have every every each of the studios, whether it was uh, Sylvester Studio or Jim Lee Studio or Rob's, like they all kind of they they had that style. So yeah. it was all everybody's artwork was very similar and, and complementary. Um, but of the three. Extreme Studios probably I, I dug the concepts, but I wasn't always in love with how they looked. Right. Yeah, but, and you have to remember Supreme came out from ninety two to ninety six, and that's the exact window only time in my life I had I didn't read comics because I was in college. Oh. But then Alan Moore got his hands on it. And yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah, and I'm did, saying did but really good stuff you're talking about, yeah. But um early on uh there is uh, a team Supreme is kind of hoodwinked into joining the team, leading it. The name of the team is Heavy Metal. M-E-T-T-L-E. Does it get any better than that? I like that. Actually, right? I like that. Yeah. yeah. And and some of the characters in uh, Heavy Metal, you guys remember Skyraker? No. Skyraker is awesome. He's got a sentient spaceship. And he he has... The, it's kind of he looks aquatic like he could be an aquaman villain he's got like um bat wing type appendages on his face and his is the bridge of his nose is covered and he, he just looks like stingray a little bit from marvel um but this character is really cool like he's got this ship in orbit and he's just like fuck it i'm going back to my ship i love this character but i don't think they ever revealed his origin they're little little tiny bits, but then that was the thing I remember with the the extreme books, especially, they would start something, like lay down the groundwork for a really cool uh storyline or these neat characters that Lifefield was just creating characters like willy nilly back then. And that's why I will always draw a comparison between Rob and Kirby. Now, I'm not saying they both possess the same skill with um, mm-hmm. you know, on either side of the comic book page, either the drawing or the writing, but Rob's performance early image was very much um, like Kirby's performance in the early Marvel Universe. He was just throwing shit all against every wall, and a lot of it was sticking, and some of it didn't, and he didn't, yeah. you know. But um, now I have defended Rob plenty of times in his, in in our time doing this podcast, but I have to say, where I always. Uh, take a step back when you make that comparison though is that kirby was creating from nothing like he was giving birth genesis to things sure genius that then became the archetype for yeah everything that came after most of the stuff that rob came it was like he had a he had a uh, mad libs and he was taking existing rubrics power sets no doubt yeah images and just mashing them together to say oh this would be cool let's make him you know let's make him part Deadpool, part, you know, Wolverine. Right. Like it's so so I guess it's like I don't know, it's 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 like it's like saying because Rich Little can do a Marlon Brando impression, I don't want him being in Apocalypse now. You know what I mean? It's 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 like to me like Rob was a very 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 active impressionist who turned and made a very good living from it for decades, but Kirby was 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 a true creator. I don't know. It, it that's so I do struggle with that a bit. Jason Diehard. 
<laughs> Die hard, Jason. I mean, like, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, it's weird, too, because obviously I do have a great love in my heart for parts of Rob's career, and and I nothing ever, if I was at just the right age, nothing got me more excited than when he started creating all the new characters in the mutant universe because they were all new and, and obviously Domino and Deadpool being and Cable being a, a big part of that. But, but I, I, but like, I kind of did him in, I feel like he just became that guy. And I think he kind of, he kind of bought his own hype that he was this grand creator of things. And he really didn't like, like, I, like he did at Marvel for sure, because I mean, the, those those characters in particular have stood the test of time, right? They're still every month in comics. I mean, every, every each of those characters is featured in, in at least one or two comics every single month. But like, I don't know, man. Like, I think there's a reason most of these characters that came from Image and all of his subsequent printing sh- pr- print houses didn't really ever persist outside of him because. They're they're derivative by their nature. No, I mean, like, aren't they all derivative? I mean, well, I mean, you can make the argument that everything after Kirby is derivative. Well, that's but that's what I'm saying. That's why, right. I like, the, I struggle with the Kirby thing. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying in terms of sheer creative output, for sure. Whether he, it, yeah, you know, he did. I I mean, I love these books. I I think um, Rob, his work is nothing less than fun. It's not the artistic heights. We're not reading uh, to make a comparison. It's not Love and Rockets. It's not Cerebus uh, in the best of times. You know, it's certainly not Watchmen. But Alan Moore noticed something in it. Yes, he was getting paid, but he noticed something in it where he could make, you know, spin gold out of straw. So um, there has to be something there. I just think the books are. Well, Alan knows from. I mean, like, Alan is. Excellent at taking archetypes and yes. putting a really fascinating spin on them, right? Like, exactly. like much of his career is is the same. It's just that I guess for from my vantage and many others, it seems when Alan takes an archetype and does it, he does it. He he does. It seems like he creates something new, even though you clearly know exactly. where the roots are. Right. And I guess for me, and it gets back to what made the image '90s guys popular. They were they were exciting, electric. Act, just action-oriented visual storytellers, but they they weren't good writers, right? They weren't good no, at crafting. No, well, one and, of them that, was. No, well, I'm saying right. I guess I should be right. I should I shouldn't bunch, but but just collectively. Whereas obviously Alan Moore, being a writer and and one of the best, if not the best ever, at comics, he he could take the same idea and really do neat things with it. You know, so name um, a character. Touched by Alan Moore. Uh, name a here. Let me rephrase this. Name a character, a pre-existing character, touched by Alan Moore that he did not make better. Right. right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's really impossible to find one. He he certainly made Swamp Thing <laughs> exceedingly sure. better than it was. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I love Swamp Thing, but after post Moore, come on, there's no going back. Right. Um, but. And the the thing about the image crew, especially Rob and Eric, these guys changed comics in their wake, better or oh, worse. Definitely. You know, yeah, you yeah. you could you could say whatever you want about Liefeld, uh, but he transformed the landscape of comics in his wake. Yes, we 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 now know that he instigated a movement that almost brought all of comics down, right? Uh, 
with like the collector mentality and the coupons and the and the just the derivative characters and the massive print runs and all that shit um the economics of comics almost brought the entire industry down because at the time image commanded they were almost i i think even more they were selling more than marvel per book right uh yeah. and then shit hit the fan and everything tanked and marvel almost went away and then blah 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 but um i just had such a good time with these the gritted teeth the giant pecs the pouches fucking blood strike like what you have a character called foreplay seriously <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just so silly and to have the audacity of putting the and for those of you who don't who haven't read this stuff foreplay is a woman and she has four arms. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yay. Um, I, just, I love it. But I don't even know what I, where I was going. Oh, to have the audacity to use a character named Thor with a hammer named Mjolnir in your book. Like, he's just saying, fuck you. I know where I came from. I'm going to explain. It's nice that Thor, I mean, even Eric used Thor. Thor has a, appeared in Savage Dragon a lot. But obviously, it's not the same Thor. But uh, Eric also used um, public domain characters within, like the Project Superpowers characters within the pages of Savage Dragon. So anything goes, an image. But anyway, long story short, Supreme, Rob Liefeld, I just had the best, best, best time reading these. Nice. Yeah. And um, it also, uh, as I was putting these into uh, CLZ, I also realized that I am missing the alan moore issues mm. yes so if anybody like you got to dig for those at heroes uh you ain't digging for those though they're they're not cheap uh because at that point i mean, I mean they're not super expensive but they're you're not going to get them for anything the, the price of supreme before alan moore like you're not gonna get them for 253 bucks a pop it ain't happening okay right but um, if anybody has them, deep pockets, I, mean. I do. Well, not as deep as yours. But if anybody yeah. has the Alan Moore Supreme run and they want to part with it, I will take them gladly. Take them off your hands because I don't have them. Supreme, yo. So I did a little I mean, bit I'm of conceptual. Here. You can get them for a couple. I mean, on the eBay's, you can get them for a couple bucks each. The Alan Moore Supreme ones, even towards yeah. the end of the run, I don't think so, my friend. But anyway, good. Well, how, many, how many issues were there? Do you know? I don't know. Well, there were. He did the run of Supreme that finished the Image run, and then he did an awesome uh, Rob's company, Rob's imprint, awesome comics. He did an awesome run of Supreme. Right. So total, I don't know, maybe twenty issues tops. But um, what? See you. What was I going to say? Oh, I did some conceptual continuity because not only do I have a story, um, I read something about a Superman analog. I actually read a Superman story for this week. I saw that. Yep. I'm all, I'm, I'm, I'm turgid. There you go. So I'm uh, moving on. Go read Supreme. And if you got them Alan Moore ones, holla. Holla. <laughs> holla, yo. Like what the bread. El- what else do we have? Well, there's one thing that I I thought was good, and I but I read it last week. I read it the week before, but uh, but we didn't talk about it, so I will I will talk about it now because it, it is worth worth giving some love to. 
And uh, it's a gentleman who we rarely talk about. His name is Tom King. And it's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a, a relatively newcomer. But um, I, I read uh, issues two through five, so that the, entire, the entirety, the rest of the first arc of Love Everlasting, which, of course, is his uh, comic with uh, co-creator Elsa Charitier. Or Charitier. I never know what her how her name is pronounced because I've never met her yet. But but uh, but she's French, so it's probably Charitier. Charitier. I don't know. Uh, but we all know Elsa. Elsa Charitier. Um, I love her art style. She she's very much in the Darwin Cook, Bruce Tim school. You know, that's the, I'm sure by design. I'm sure she would probably cite them as 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 mentors or or people that she looked up to coming up. Um, but I've always liked her work, and I. I know that she and Tom started this um, on Tom's Substack during the pandemic, um, but it has been coming out in issue form through Image. And I've I read the first issue when it came out the week of and enjoyed it, but realized that given the serialized nature of it, I would wait for the arc and did so. Um, it is it's it's a it's a book that I find difficult to effectively describe because. It's um, the first thing that 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 that's noticeable about it is that it's very different than what we're used to from Tom in the sense that it's almost become a running joke. I mean, Tom is the king of the 12 issue miniseries, right? Like that's his that's his format. Like that's the when you hear his name, you think, okay, he's going to take a character or a set of characters and give us a 12 issue big story of them and then move on. Right. Like that's kind of his shtick now. Um, And he does exceptionally well. Um, this is an ongoing, and it's because it's serialized in Substack first. It's it's much more episodic, um, so it feels different just in, in the pacing and all by design, of course. But it, so that's interesting. Um, Elsa's artwork is is I mean, Tom made the point he he wouldn't have done this series without her because the the premise is it's essentially his and Elsa's take on. Romance comics, which is a genre that, as we know, was the one of the dominant genres of of, of early comic book history, um, but has largely gone by the wayside in our lifetimes. Um, there just aren't very many romance comics on the stands, and certainly none that are continuously successful. Um, I mean, I would say Strangers in Paradise is probably the most recent romance comic that had wide, prolonged success. Maybe I'm missing a few. I, you know, I, I guess it depends on how, you, how 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 broad you categorize romance comics. But my point is, it's not. My point stands. It's not an, an a genre that is um, prominent anymore. So, who, who created the first romance comic? Kirby. Yes, Jack yeah. Kirby and Joe Simon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So so the premise here is there is a. Um, a young woman named Joan, and she is uh, a beautiful brunette with with short cropped hair, and and she's madly in love and being courted, and things seem to be going well. But then, just as she's about to accept her love's marriage proposal, um, shit goes down, and she gets shot, shot dead. And then she comes to, and it's it's she's somewhere else, and it's a different era. And she's in love with someone else. And uh, at first, it's very, it, it's almost like you're holding on by one hand by the seat of your pants because you don't, Tom doesn't feed you what's happening. Like he just immerses you into this strange reality that Joan is dealing with where she keeps 
being pulled into different eras with different men that she's falling in love with. And she's got, at times, it seems like she's getting flashbacks or having recall of other lives or other romances, but it doesn't add up because how could that be? It was a different, like she, she's, you know, she remembers being in love with someone in, in revolutionary times. And obviously how could that be? Because it's the 1950s and so forth. Um, and you're, and even through issue five, which is the end of the first arc, you're, you're just starting to piece together what's going on and it just it but it is clear that anytime she's to the point where she's proposed to she has to say no uh and then she gets killed and every time her killer um is it's it's a different person but almost like they get possessed they put on a bandana mask like an old bandit pull out a revolver an old west revolver and shoot her in the face and say remember love is everlasting and this just goes on and on in different settings 1970s and and 19 and and the fun thing about that is because it's comics elsa just has a field day getting to draw these characters in these different settings and and much like romance comics back in the 50s um a big part of this is the 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 clothing design the set design i mean vince all kidding aside i mean i know you you watch with their kids the you used to watch with the kids the you know, the, the, the fashion show, I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, Project Runway. Yeah, Project Runway. It's, it's so, like, there's that aesthetic to it, right? Like, this really, it's almost... It, it's a good-looking book, yeah. Yeah, it's it's evocative of that, because she gets to draw the clothing and the and the furniture and, and the of, of all these different eras, which is a lot of fun. And, and it shifts sometimes panel to panel, so people will be having a conversation, and they'll be in afros and, 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 yeah. t- and tie-dye dresses mini 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 skirts and then the next panel they'll be in corseted uh old old western full dresses you know and um and it's it's a fascinating romp and and the thing i give them a lot of credit for is it doesn't suffer fools this is not a book that's handing you the plot it's not telling you this it, it it's leading you slowly along this strange journey and just ever so slowly piecing out what's happening to her and and we don't yet know why but we 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 get some hints at who's involved but we don't really know who the who is we know it's it may be her mother but we don't know who her mother is what she looks like why she's doing it um it's it's very it's very interesting and again it, it 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 takes something like romance comics and flips it completely on its head into almost i mean in a way it's a horror comic now not a horror comic in the way we often think of them i mean but it is a someone gets murdered in every every episode, and it's heartbreaking, and and she's going insane because she's clearly at times remembering that this keeps happening to her, and she doesn't know what, what's going on. And um, so it's it's a fascinating, it's like a psychological horror comic, but with the with the the visual veneer of classic, uh, beautiful like hard single line weight illustration. So it's 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 just it's a wonderful juxtaposition and like we often say when we're talking about comics i can't imagine how this book would read if it were not by someone with elsa's particular style and you know lots of writers say that they write for they try and write stories that that meet their artists talents i would say a lot of times they're just saying that right like i like i don't know how often that's true but in this case I genuinely believe with Tom and a few other writers in, in the industry, they genuinely do that. And I think that this is a maybe to his, to this point, his greatest example of that because you know, Tom works with a lot of the same artists over and over again. Great, great people. 
you know, like Forness and Garrods and the like, but, but, but none of them, I, I think they're all obviously more than capable of drawing a, a, a comic like this, but I don't think it would feel the same. It would not, it, to me, it wouldn't hit right. Cause, cause Elsa's style just speaks to it. Just like, just like Darwin's did with the Parker books, right? Like we've talked, we talked about this when we did the deep dive on the Parker books. I mean, I couldn't, Imagine a Parker comic adaptation having the same power that it, it would have had if it wasn't for Darwin drawing it, or at least someone with his stylings. And same thing here. It's it's you know Darwin could have done this book for sure, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, no Bruce Tim. Yeah, Tim could have done this book. Right, absolutely. No, right. But 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 I'm saying they're not. You know, Tim's selling his uh, his his head sketches for two grand, and 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 obviously Darwin passed away. So right. so Elsa has grabbed the mantle there. You know, Victor Santos could have done this book, sure. Like that, that ilk, it had to be someone of that ilk with, with also that, and not just someone with that style, but someone with the storytelling chops to elevate it. And I think that that's what's going on here. So I'm having a ball with it. I, I, I know that, that, um, the plan is for it to go on for a long, long time. So I presume there's a lot more complexity and we're probably going to add more characters to it. I can't imagine it being like another 20 issues of just her time shifting and continuously getting killed. Like I presume with each progressive arc we're going she's going to get closer and closer figuring out what's happening why it's happening can she stop it um but either way i'm I'm here for it and i think it's uh it's 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 definitely unlike anything else that i'm reading these days and and that's just about the highest compliment i can pay a comic these days nice that's a lot of heavy lifting on the part of the illustrator to keep jumping around um, locations and time frames mm-hmm. like like they do. So, I mean, she's got to research the the architecture, the clothing, the the hairstyles, the automobiles, like everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I said, it, it's it's very taxing. Yeah, um, and shout out to Matt. I should have shout, shout out to Matt Hollingsworth, who's the colorist, because right. this book colors are very important in this book, and again, in particular, because of the the clothing and the furniture so is such an important component of all of it that 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 uh, he he's definitely a big part of the puzzle too. Image Rama, yo. <laughs> yo. Yo, he doesn't care. I'm waiting for Dap to make an Image Rama. We already have an Image Rama. See, I think an image. I think an Orama is when we all bring the thing to the book. Well, you're, I th- I you're think mistaken. An is, is, is definitely more than two. No, right? We're, we've uh, had two so far. We need a third. I mean, two is know? an Orama. Yes. No, three's a crowd. Uh, Whatever. If, if, I, I do the show notes, so if I say it's yeah, two, it's and two. I, and I can, and we can edit the show notes, but that's fine. yes, you can, but you never do. I have. Not <laughs> when I spell something wrong. I don't. I don't like. That. Not to be a dick. As soon as you say, "I'm not racist," but then you're going to go down that road. <laughs> yes, yes. You're just going to be a racist. But T- tell me what you uh, got. You know what? Then for Jason, I'll just say that um, I read the fourth issue of Art Brute. Oh, <gasps> be, be very run. careful. I had a lot of fun with it. Good. It was it was wacky. The backup stories were really um, it, it fleshed out the world and and Arthur's abilities and his issues. Um, I would like more. Uh, I I don't know if if we'll get more, but uh, the 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 idea. Of, I I don't know if it's an idea that can the concept can last forever because they kind of. Uh, 
I'm not gonna say they shot their wide, but I've been considering the idea of it and and how art can visit paintings. Um, it's brilliant. Yeah, I, it, it is brilliant. But uh, the creators in this case, W. Maxwell Prince and uh, Martha Marazzo, uh, colors by Matt Lopez. Um, it's uh, they really went for some heavy hitters when it comes to framed masterpieces. And if this was something that was going to be months long or, or or longer than a year, um, then pacing may have, uh, may have been something to consider. But if this is all we're getting, I, I can't really complain all that much because it was, it, there was a lot here and it was just, I mean, the colors, the art, it, it's, um, fucker. The art is, is, uh, it's, it's, it's reminiscent of, um, crap. And I, I, I had it written down. Um, but I just, I, I, the fluidity of, of the characters and the movements, especially with art and with Manny, his, uh, his, his mannequin, uh, it, it just, it was, it was an absolute blast. I, if I would absolutely recommend it, I, I, I think the trade was solicited, but, yeah, hardcover uh, last month. Oh, I was going to say it's a hard, yeah, it's a hardcover. I would really nice. Hardcover. All right. So maybe I'll, uh, cause I was reading the, the, the image PDF. So, so maybe I'll, uh, treat myself to the hardcover when I see it. Um, but I just, I, I just thought it was, it, it, it was a blast, man. I, I think, I mean, it's not, may not be for the faint of heart. There's, it's, it's graphic at times. It's, it's violent. It's, uh, you know, if, if, if you were watching, um, you know, Hannibal or Evil or things like that, that, that it's that kind of, uh, it's, it's that kind of gore and, and blood. But it, it, I just, yeah, I, I can't, uh, I don't, I don't want to spoil. I don't want to go too deep because it, it how much have you read, Vince? Well, one thing, I'm not going to correct you, but I'm just going to say that your pacing problems, um, this was released from what I hear as a one-volume thing. Right. And then when Ice Cream Man got pop, became popular, they chopped it up into four issues to release as singles. And now right. it's going to be re-released as a hardcover. So all of the pacing stuff was already built in. Like it no, was no, a, no. done right. in one. So if- so if so, if this is it, then this is it. But I'm saying because if if they decided to re-release this, and if enough if enough people if if it's sold and there's interest, then like what everybody does is 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 drive things into the ground. If they wanted to revisit it, if they wanted right. to listen, you know, back by popular demand, then. Hopefully. And that's not to say that they can't like do something else or go to other museums. I mean, it's just it, it, it's the opportunities are nearly endless. But it's a um, it's I I, I do understand because I think Tony was mentioning it too that it was it, it was an earlier work. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know if the backups. I don't think so. I don't even know. Work. I think that this might be new to this story. But uh, no, I just thought that, so. So how much have you read? I've read um, no, I read uh, one and two. But okay. the thing that that uh, I mean, if you are going to jump into a painting uh, to illustrate that ability, I think it really has to be the Mona Lisa. 
You know, because yeah, one hell of a way to start. Yeah, yeah. Your rubes um, who don't frequent galleries. Like if you started with something so obscure um, that you know, it'd be like, okay, he jumped into a painting. Like, what is this Doom Patrol? But the fact that it's the Mona Lisa, yikes! Like that is everybody knows the Mona Lisa, right? Yes, I thought that was a, that was a very smart choice. Unlike Betty and Barney Hill for the Blue Book issue, where if you're you know if you're an armchair ufologist, you know Betty and Barney Hill, but you've read that story and and experienced that story a bazillion times, and you're probably freaking tired of it by now. Not oh, not so with the Mona Lisa. That there's a reason why it's among the greatest paintings ever painted. Whatever, but yes, Bertram, that's whose art. I'm reminded of when I see it Ian Bertram. Certainly does. Certainly yeah. does. I, um, I there's all. I mean, if you're not, if you're done with our brute, keep. If you're not, keep going. But there's another book you can talk about to make it an even deeper image of Rama. That I can talk about. Yeah, we were talking about it before we started recording. Last Barbarians number two. I can yes. Because I, I did, I, I hadn't finished it when Vince was talking about it last week, um, and uh, but yes, I, I'll, I'll 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 finish with our proof just by saying that if you didn't read it when it was originally out and you weren't getting these issues, then by all means, definitely get the hardcover when you can. Um, I I didn't know what to expect with it. I remember seeing the solicits and and I checked out the preview pages, but then when uh, when we got the um, the image emails, I figured I'd check it out and, and very happy that I did. Um, but the last barbarian is number two. Um, as Vince said, when, uh, we, we, um, we were introduced to a couple of new characters, a couple, a couple of pairs of characters. We got wax and Wayne and, um, and 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 the two the 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 two young ladies it's uh is it uh blood and bone and yeah um, see and, and yeah go ahead the red sonia exactly and uh and valkyrie they um brunhild they they just i wax and wayne look like something out of heavy metal it, they, they they just they're, they're creepy looking with the white and blue and they're obviously not the brains of the operation, but uh, they're awesome. I, they <laughs> they really are awesome. And of course, um, Falk's uh, relative, in quotes, because whether it's the grandson, grandnephew, it's all a crock of shit as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, he, of course, kind of cures Shadow, uh, Silver's brother, who, and of course, Shadow's not his real name. We can find out what his real name is. Uh, temporarily cures him, which um, makes me think either this child's abilities um, are limited as far as whatever he they could do. It's not it's not long lasting because uh, if they were, I think he would have probably fixed him for the long term permanently instead of having it just fade out like that. So. Um, they seem to just be a temporary, and who knows what else this 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 young lad can do. So, um, I the second issue I thought after getting up to, after learning the characters, I thought the second issue really 
hit the ground running as far as um, basically plopping us in this world. Because from here, you've got a bunch of um, a bunch of a bunch of threads that they can start picking at. You've got we, we got to find out what the hell's really going on with Falk. We got to find out who these are, who, who who this kid is, and why the kid was imprisoned and is now being chased. Um, yep. There's still more to tell regarding Syl and, and her brother. And there's just there's I I'm I'm excited after reading the second issue uh, to see where where Aberlin can can take us. I thought um, and 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 the art is awesome, wonderful. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably in the middle between it. you and Jason. Um, it, it's. I I do I do like the look of it, but it is um, it, there are times where it's it's just um, not 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 stiff, but just definitely in, enhanced and and uh, sure not as not as natural, not as I mean I'm not going to compare it to Somni, but it, it, there's there, there's obvious differences between the art styles and 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 how it's applied and presented on the page, but, um, yeah, it's not Chuck Austin war machine shit, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's not. No, it, I mean, he's using, he's using tools available to him. Right. Um, and yes, some of the limitations of said tools are apparent. Yes. But I think with all that, he still manages to captivate me. So my magic wand touches his forehead and says, you are a wonderful human being, Brian Haberlin. And and the colors by uh, Gerard Van Dyke. I mean, that's this. I don't think it would work as well for me if it were a black and white book. I, I the colors definitely enhance what's going on. The, the, the characters are, um, regardless of their complexion, whether they're pale, whether they're a little on the darker side. It just it. You got the skies. You've got uh, just you know. Obviously, some of the backgrounds are. are photoshopped but it, it, it when you get the expressions on some characters faces and you see the way they reacted it, it that's yeah that's what that's what draws me in the big eyes and and just the close-ups on 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 the facial features it's it's a good looking book I, I i do like the way uh i do like the way it looks and i am really looking forward to seeing where um where we go from here i this was something that I just decided to try and win because you both read the first issue, and I figured, let me see what's up. Uh, otherwise, this would have been something I would probably never check out, or if I, know I that. did, I, I just thumb through it. Yep. But it's—I mean, I, I, I'm not huge on the sword and sorcery stuff as much as you guys are, but I—I—I'm <laughs> I, well, definitely not the way you are. <laughs> definitely not the, the, compared to two of you. But no, this was—I'm—I'm uh, I'm digging it. I—I I, I yeah. like it a lot. I'm stupid gaga over this book. I don't know why. I just like it a real lot. I think we should let it go for a couple issues, maybe three. We'll talk about it when the arc wrecks up. Because Jason's butt cheeks are super tight right now. (laughs) (laughs) Who loves you? My wife. (laughs) Who else loves you? My kids, I hope. In addition to the... You know what? You're making it difficult for me. It really is. (laughs) But I also love David very, very much. So 
I thought, as I was, I, you know, I, as I mentioned last episode, I've been bagging books. I had 500 arc lights and um, a corresponding amount of acid-free backing boards, so I bagged a thousand books. Um, is there anybody that doesn't double bag? I do not double bag. Double bag? No. What? What? Why would I double bag? Because Why you double you... the amount of books about you can bag. If you put oh that way, I thought you meant two bags for a book. No, 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 no. no. Me too. Um, okay. No, no, no. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, I, have my books bagged and boarded um, from DCBS, so I don't. Yeah, but I... that's polypropylene. That's shit. Ah, oh, well, we talked about this before. You're ridiculous with the whole. Thing. All right, whatever. <laughs> Whatever, Mister Acid PH. My large. Oh uh, yeah. I really want to throw all my comics into the in like into a dumpster at this point. Like I, I'll I, back like, the dumpster up. No worries. They are yeah, just no, taking up space, so I I, I don't like, care. Let them take up space in you, my house. You see, Beth, there are two men backing mm-hmm. a dumpster into the driveway that look an awful lot like yeah, David. Dad, Vince. It's funny you bring it up. Let it talk because it wasn't long ago that oh, Renee sure Renee had you on a no new paper 100%, rule. Hundred percent. So no, not, no, not even no new, just no paper. So where, where, what's changed? His tongue what's motion. Is, I, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <For> real, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's, what's changed More tea. is I, I have, I have my own room and with a door that closes, uh, and um, I just, I think she, there's certain things where you kind of just. It's it's stupid to fight. Plus, you he just cooks can't for fight her. it. So it's just like yeah. it's, it's just it's like if this is what if if this is my hobby, if this is what's going to bring me joy, if this is what keeps me out of her hair, then so be. It. She just doesn't want my shit leaching out in, in, into the rest of the house. Okay, F. Just so you know, if you want to store any of your books, I'm not saying I'm going to keep them. If you want to store any of your boxes at my house to make more room for more new books, give me them. Next time okay. we meet up, I will take them. I'll put them in storage here because I got shit tons of room. That's perfect. Yeah, my, my oldest daughter doesn't right. live at home yeah. anymore. She okay, lives, then. So I got another whole big room I could put them All in. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I love Dap so much that I actually read a Superman book for this week. Oh, my God. Yep, it's not a new Superman book. Don't get too excited. No, 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 yeah. no I'm not. I'm not going down that road. It's not my birthday. Nah, no, 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 that's not gonna happen. We got to read like the new Superman book that we both are reading, or, or, or World's Finest, or you know something like that. No, I'm not gonna comment. I just don't want to read it. I'm sorry. It's, it's whatever. But anyways, um, so this these books were in the stack of books I was bagging, and I hadn't read them. I said, "Wow." Wouldn't it be nice to show my, my one of my best friends in the whole world some love by reading a Superman story this week? So I did. This thing is called Superman Strength. It was a three-issue prestige format miniseries published in 2005. Dap, do you know who wrote this thing? Dan Jurgens? Nope. Is it somebody we're familiar with as far as Superman goes? No. Ooh. It is a one of comics Illuminati. I'll just tell you. Okay. It was written by Scott McCloud. Oh wow. Okay. Yes. Who also provided some of the breakdowns. Um not some of them, all of them. Uh it was illustrated by Allure Amancio. Inks by Terry Austin. Like this thing is just banging on all levels. 
Um, color art by Patricia Mulvihill. We know her. Here's the deal. I'm not going to go too deep into it. I can just set up the first issue. And if your jaw doesn't hit the floor at the end of this, I'm sorry. I got nothing else to give you. The story uh, is centered around a, uh, a ne'er-do-well, a criminal, a very intelligent criminal named uh, Jack Pollock. But he goes by Fido. He's an ex-LexCorp uh, employee. And like I said, he's a genius, but he has a huge chip on his shoulder. He thinks um, Superman uh, was born with a silver spoon in his mouth and afforded all of the uh, open doors and uh, opportunities that he was not. And he also has a massive chip on his shoulder for his dad. His dad was a criminal uh, named Frank who had the uh, nickname Pitbull, Pitbull Pollock, because um, he was an alcoholic and very, uh, well, extremely abusive. He would beat the shit out of Jack on a regular basis while the mother just watched. Um, so while this this Jack Pollock was at LexCorp, he created uh, this tech, a pair of gloves that will um, displace space. Like you, the, the gloves, when activated, will open up a hole, a spatial displacement hole. So whatever you put through it... Um, organic, non-organic, whatever, appears on another somewhere else. Uh, it's limited to the planet Earth, so it's not like you can drop, you know, something on the planet Mars. It seems to be limited to Earth. Um, so what what they do is they create a bunch of uh, catastrophes to keep Superman busy, uh, a cascading array of calamities, so Superman's busy saving people. So what they do is they break into LexCorp and they steal the gloves. Um, long story short, the first issue ends with Fido opening uh, uh, a spatial displacement hole and Superman being stuck with his head on one part of the planet and his body on another. So they have Superman's head in a goldfish bowl as they taunt the shit out of him. They put uh, glasses on him so he can't use his, his, his vision, his, his heat vision. And they're, they're taunting Superman who's in, his head's in a goldfish bowl. It's insane. And it only gets weirder from there. But the thing is, um, so there's a, there's a bunch of stuff going on across the planet. And Superman's like, do you realize what you're doing? You have me captive here. These people are going to die. I need to go help these people. And Fido's like, okay. And and the rest of Fido's gang, there's one, a redhead named Trudy, super hot, right? Um, he goes, do you love me? And she's like, whatever. She's only in it for whatever uh, benefits she can get out of his uh, evil genius uh, nature. But anyway... Fido's like, yeah, I'll let you go. And they're like, what? And he says, you know what? This is Superman. Superman is, if nothing else, he's true to his word. If he says that he's going to come back here after he saves these people, he's going to do it. So they let Superman go. 
And he does exactly what he says he's going to do. He goes and he saves the people. He comes back and he allows himself to be put in the spatial displacement hole again. It is so ins like this is the character of Superman. That right, he's nothing if not loyal to uh, his loved ones. Like Pa Kent's in it too, and he he's in the story. I can't really find other than um, fleshing out some of Kal El's childhood escapades. I don't know why Pa Kent's in the story, but that's probably why. I mean, he he's injecting relevant bits of backstory from Clark's childhood. Like there's a a, a section where Pa and Clark go to pick up some. I think it's either seed or manure or something. And the 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 shopkeeper charges him an excessive amount, and Pa's like, "Well, that's highway robbery. Like that's too expensive." And um, while Clark is watching, Pa steals some candy. He steals candy, and he regretted it as soon as he did it, and he tried to teach clark that you know i made a mistake but it was too late because clark uh pa mon pa kent had a boundary set on the, the farm well you can't go past this line and clark did and he ran all the way to chicago and he gets he sees like the seedier side of chicago and he witnesses like um i don't want to explain I don't want to spoil too much of this, but Clark sees things that he shouldn't have seen at his age. But it 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 imparts um, a, a determination in the kid to be there for the the disenfranchised of humanity. Right? right. It, it's just a wonderful, wonderful story. And I gotta say, if I rank, I, I mean, this is puerile as hell. But I'm going to do it anyway. If I had to rank the absolute hottest, lowest lanes ever to appear in comics, this would be up there. This lowest, this lowest lane is astonishingly sexy. Yes. The art is very Kirby influenced. Like if you look at the Jimmy Olsen run, it's not too far removed from that, but it's got a little bit of Dave Bullock in it, a little bit of cable era Ladron. Um, and there's even, I see a little bit of Tom Grummet in it too. Like it's super easy on the eyes, but it's entirely indebted to Kirby. Um, not where the women are concerned, because let's be yeah. honest, Jack yeah. wasn't the best with women. Like he was good, extremely good, but he wasn't like Tom Grummet, right? Um, the, the Lois in this book and Trudy, the, the, the mall. Oh my God. They're absolutely stunning. Like super gorgeous. If you want to see, uh, examples of said artwork go to our website 11 o'clockcomics.com click on the thread for this episode you will see because i have pulled some pages from this book um all three covers were done by alex ross i don't know how this book escaped my notice back in the day but if you want to have an example of a very very good superman miniseries in your collection i suggest you get your asses to a comic shop and get strength. It's only three issues. Get them. And I'm sure you're not going to pay cover price for them. They were prestige format, so like $5.95 cover. Um, I'm guessing that this book shows up in a lot of dollar bins. What, did you, I'm sorry if you already said and I missed it. What, when did this come out? 2005. 2005. Okay. Weird. It, it's exceptional in every way. 
Um, it, it, there may have been a crunch tour at the at the beginning of the third issue, as far as the, the publication, you know, timeline. The third issue, some of it seems a little rushed, but mm. it's not. No, it's it's not a detriment to the entire uh, the thing overall. Like it, it seems the uh, Amancio seems to have uh, course corrected during the issue so it doesn't end on a on a visual sour note but there are some pages in the beginning of issue three that are like you could tell he didn't have a whole lot of time but he's so capable with you know echoing kirby that it doesn't it's not a huge detriment to the series issues one and two oh my god they're gorgeous some of the stuff like when superman is saving the people uh it, it it's just incredible it's amazing. Like, where'd this guy go? Allure, A-L-U-I-R, Amancio, A-M-A-N-C-I-O. The the art is just chef's kiss. Superman Strength, 1 to 3, uh, 2005. Get it, get it, get it. I'd be so much more interested in this if it was Superman Strength. Yeah, right? I was waiting for that. Uh, you talking about young Clark... At the CD side of Chicago, just made me think of Young Vincent Times Square for the first time. Yeah, that was massively impactful. It done me in. It really. <laughs> it. I mean, yeah, and and it, it's amazing the people that impact your lives. Like, um, yes, of course, my mother and father had a, a huge, um, were hugely important to my life, but my aunt. Uh, on my mom's side, no, they're actually both on my mom's side. My aunt and my uncle on my mom's side were the, the, more influential than my parents in determining the person I am right now. It's crazy. It's crazy. My uncle bought me my first comic book. Mm-hmm. My uncle John bought me. Is this um, Vegas uncle? No, no, that's the thing. This guy didn't have a pot to piss in. His, his, okay. Yeah, I want to. I want to get into the whole story. Nobody needs to know. But he was salt of the earth, right? Um, bought me my first comic book, Fantastic Four number, um, the first Galactus. What is it? Forty eight. Forty eight. Yeah. Uh, forty two. Forty eight. Whatever. Um, and my aunt took me to New York, Times Square, in nineteen. It would be sixty five, seventy five, probably around nineteen seventy three. My aunt took me to New York, Times Square. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I was a sponge, man. I'm like, this is the greatest place on earth. I will die here. And I. This is the part where David and I remind you yet again, you need to watch The Deuce. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, yes. Nah, dude, it's a show. It's a love letter to early 70s Manhattan. Oh, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I just wanted to. Every time I bring it up. Well, I mean, so remind me. Text me in the the Slack and I'll I'll watch it. Um, Yes, if you would, if you're not, a, if you're not a Superman fan, you're wondering why the people who are Superman fans are. That was cumbersome and really uh, not elegant at all. But my way of saying, you will be convinced. You'll 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 get some insight as to why we love Superman by reading this miniseries, Superman. Isn't Strength. it interesting that all three of us had uh, aunts or uncles who played a big part in our comic fandom? When we were first getting rolling. How about that? Yeah. That's pretty weird, don't you think? No, I don't think. I, I just think that's... Huh. Well, I mean, in my case, my uncle was a bachelor until he was 
well into his 40s, which was part of, played a part in his demise, let's just say. But the fact that he had a lot of disposable income, lived at home with his mother until his early to mid 40s, he showered me, because he didn't have any kids, he showered me with candy right. and eventually comics. And I'm like, I, I, I will be forever indebted to my Uncle John. I, no, that makes sense, and what you're saying makes sense because my uh, my uncle Norm was, uh, you know, he he was, uh, you know, he he was he's passed away now, but but uh, but he and his partner Steve were, you know, a gay couple in the, you know, at a time when that just wasn't, you know, socially acceptable, so they didn't have kids, uh, you know, and uh, never did have kids, and and so similarly, like when my my dad and and my uncle Norm were estranged for when I was young, like. And then probably when I was maybe, I don't know, like 12, 13, they reconnected and and we became, you know, we all became, you know, socialized much more commonly. And my Uncle Norm just thought it was great that I love comics and he worked for um, for Amtrak. So he would walk. Uh, he was right near Fat Jack's comic crypt in Philly. Wow. All the time. And so every time I would see him every couple months, we'd, you know, get together for we'd all get together for dinner or whatever. He would have a big old box of just tons of comics. He would go to Fat Jack's and just pick up comics for me. And like they were random and it was fun. Like sometimes there were multiple copies. And and, and it was one of those things where I remember because I was, again, shocking. I was already like a total addict once I was in. I was in. Uh, a lot of times he would get me issues of stuff I already had, you know, like I already because I was totally obsessive at that point. But but like I never let him know that, you know, because it was like so wonderfully nice of him to to do that you know and he took i can tell how much how much pleasure it gave him to you know to do that for me right. and uh yeah i've never been to fat jacks myself and i know they just recently had some i mean i know they're having some financial issues um and it's always been kind of a mecca like i've always wanted to go there just for that reason because it's it's it plays such a big part in my early fandom even though i never well, we gotta it, do so it before we they should do it yeah yeah we should yeah that's nuts. And it's funny that I went to college in Philly, too, and I didn't do it then, either. It's weird. What's happening? <laughs> but, yeah. Huh. There you go. I'd throw my, my, my buddy Dap a big old bear hug. Because I, yeah. I know I've been not reading Superman of late, so I won't. It's, oh, it's fine. I mean, it, it's, you know, you're I not feeling it right now. I get it. I'm not. I'm not. But it's okay. Sorry. So there you go. There's no guns uh, to heads. It's all good. No, not here. Uh-uh. Not here, no. No. What else do we have? Um, so bringing it back to... Um, there was... Um, bringing it back to the chat from the earlier part of the episode. There was... Um, so the current... No adjective no subtitled star trek book by idw which is of the story where ben cisco is back and uh puts together a, a crew and um is on a mission and in this first arc they come across kalis who of course is the great klingon and he has his followers and he is basically going around um, and, and, and eliminating, destroying, uh, killing godlike beings. 
and in, in like the crystalline entity from from the encounter farpoint and and so he's he's making this like red path and just cisco is trying to stop him and Worf, of course is on cisco's crew and when they come face to face with Kalis and and his his ship the klingons beam over onto the uh the theseus and start attacking the starfleet officers and one of the klingons who beams over faces off against Worf. And Worf starts to fight back until the Klingon starts to speak and comes to the light. And Worf realizes that it's his son, Alexander. And at this point now, Worf, Worf can't kill his son, even though his son is following Kalis. And he's just like, you know, well, dad's weak. And, you know, if you would just... Whose blood are you going to spill? And this, that, and the other. So, so Alexander's taunting him. Worf's not having it. Um, the fight ends, and 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 Worf gets away. They, they, Alexander goes back to the ship, and Cisco is like, "Well, we got to stop this. Just let's blow the ship. Let's blow Kalis's ship right out of space. Stop his mission. Stop whatever the hell he's trying to do. Eliminate this threat." And Everything will be fine. And Worf is like, fuck no, you're not blowing up this. First of all, you're going to have a whole massive war against the Klingons. Federation can't have that. Plus, not that it's any lesser of a big deal. My son's on that ship. You're not destroying that ship. And uh, Cisco tells Worf, get the hell off my bridge. Uh, he does decide to not destroy Kalis's ship um and while he is coming up with another way to stop this threat a shuttle leaves Cisco's ship and Worf leaves the crew and that leads us to IDW's other Star Trek title the spin-off of this called Star Trek Defiant and I was a little bummed because the cover kind of gives things away um but Star Trek Defiant is Pretty nicely illustrated. This is written by Christopher Cantwell. I've read his Iron Man stuff, read some other stuff that he's done recently. Um, like his work a lot. Art by Angel uh, Unzueta and colors by Marissa Luis. It's um, we we basically when Worf escapes in the shuttle, he uh, he is he crash lands on a Romulan outpost and Spock, who of course at this point in time, he's the ambassador from the unification to Parter. And, and so he's working with the Romulans trying to unite the Romulans and the Vulcans together. Um, Spock frees Worf from the outpost and um, Worf is basically letting Spock know this is what's going on. This is what we have to stop. And, um, I'm at a loss. I need a team. I need I need people I can trust. Um, but Starfleet can't know about this. And Spock is like, all right, you know what? They probably, I, you know, Starfleet never revoked Spock's command codes. It, it might be, you know, out of um, 
out of respect, but chances are they just probably forgot. So he tells Worf, you tell me the ship you want, we'll get you the ship. And Worf's like, well, there's really only one ship I want. It's a ship I know. And that's the Defiant because it has cloaking capability. It's quick. It's, it's agile. It's covert. It's small. He can get in and out, do what he needs to do, but obviously he needs a crew. Um, it's like my penis. Right? A little, little <laughs> agile and pretty quick in and out. And small. <laughs> like a rabbit. <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, so what, what, what I'm liking about these particular Star Trek books is like they'll kind of not, not quite doesn't look like Hickman's infographics, but there will, there'll, there'll be these little um, like command text messages to command and, and, uh, whether it's Starfleet or Klingon or Romulan. And when Worf and Spock leave this outpost, we get a, um, a missive, a, a, a subspace communication to the uh, Tal Shiar prefect. And it is from Commander Sela, who is, of course, Tashiar's alternate universe daughter from. Uh, from that episode and and so so she's because they had bugged spock's room they heard spock's and Worf's conversation so Sila's like listen she's letting the romulans know what's going on so now they're going to get involved so spock's crew is not spock well spock is helping Worf assemble this crew and after spock we get balana torres from voyager which is a great little back and forth because tom paris is the pilot on Cisco's ship, and um, and there's a little bit of a conversation. We, we we get some back and forth between Balana and Tom on their two ships, and um, and basically uh, Paris is asking Balana, you know, like if if um, did you you know decrypt the uh, the transmission from Kalis's ship and. Worf basically cuts in and he's like, Lieutenant Paris, inform Captain Sisko that if he wants my data, he'll need he'll first need to remove his head from the clouds. And then he just ends the transmission and and he's just like Worf's basically at the, he's like, I've grown quite fond of cutting through the bullshit. He's like, I just I we need to get this done. No time for pleasantries. So he's got Balana on his team, Spock on his team, and then this is really interesting because it doesn't necessarily follow the continuity, obviously. Of, of of the shows or the movies because there's a character you're funny obviously obviously <laughs> well i say this because i'm about to mention a character who was in last week's episode of picard and that's ensign Rowe. oh who, nice who was who ensign Rowe is a bajoran who you know picard was basically mentoring her and, and he 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 saw the best and brightest in her and he figured she had a great career ahead of her in starfleet and as a Bajoran, she was kind of torn, but at first she was open to it. And and I thought Michelle Forbes in the role was fantastic. I that she should fine back in the day. And and it was great to see her in that role. And then of course she ends up joining the Maquis. And she uh did, did, did her last appearance as a Starfleet officer on, on Next Generation, she and Riker are on the shuttle together, and she basically um, at phaser point, let's Riker know I'm out. I'm leaving. Don't follow me. Don't come after me. And Riker's like, "What well, hell you can tell Picard?" And she's like, "I'm not telling him anything. I'm out." And 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 she leaves. So 
this this story because of when it takes place and it's not like you know taking place during Picard she's basically she's she's wanted she's a prisoner she was captured and Worf is like listen yes you are one of Starfleet's most wanted um but if you help me with this then maybe I can put a good word in for you and so she's kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place so she's like fine I'll be your pilot um and so we've got we've got Worf in command as captain. We've got Spock as his first officer because it's a great first officer. Roe as the pilot, Bellana in engineering, and then our final piece of the puzzle. We uh, we 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 get this one character who can't be trusted, who is d- close to evil. Q. No. Ooh. No, because Q isn't evil, uh, and and Q would probably be hunted by Kalos anyway, being a godlike being. Of course, we uh, we we the, the last couple of pages, Spock and Worf go into go into this dark room. Spock powers it up, and we're face to face, or Worf is face to head with Lore. Lore. So all all is uh, just like Thor looking for Hitler when when War comes in and says Lore, <laughs> you're a dick. You're he says dick. he Lore Lore looks up at Worf and he's like, where where is this? Where's Data? Where where is Captain Picard? And 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 Worf is great because he turned the page and and it's another full pan, full page and 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 he Worf is like. I'm the captain now, and I, all I thought was that fucking meme from from Captain Phillips. But he's like, so he's like, I'm the captain now, and and Worf basically is kind of like, it's it's the point of no return. He's crossed the line. He's 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 got wanted felons on on his crew. He's got an ambassador. He's got he he stole a ship, the Defiant. Uh, he he's got Bolana, who of course was a member of the Maquis before she joined Voyager. Um, and now he's got Lore, who of course killed his father, Dr. Noonien Sung, and and just, you know, tries to destroy his brother every chance he gets and has made life miserable for the crew of the Enterprise. And this is Worf's crew. And I just I, I it, it's almost like Justice League Task Force or some or, or like Secret Warriors or just some some really like covert it's not section thirty one, but it's just it's it's that of all the characters, like like Worf basically got a ragtag group together to to do the down and dirty shit that you know the upper crust and and someone like picard would never think to do and and i'm i'm here for it i thought that this was a great little spinoff i i I don't know if if there's going to be like some how how much crossover there will be between the issues of of the star trek series and the star trek defined series but um i i I thought the, the way it was a little bit of a bummer to see the, the the rift between Worf and Cisco like that, but it it's it's serving a purpose. So I thought um, I thought this was this was a fantastic first issue. I really like the art. Um, the the colors are the colors help. That there are some some panels. It looks a little bit like um, the the better days of of Salvador La Roca, but I I, I like the little. Um, there's there's little flourishes, especially on um, on Worf's outfit. It's mostly like a, a, a black, stealthy kind of looking outfit. It's not a Starfleet uniform, but there's there, there's a little scrolly kind of feel. There, there's um 
like the shoulder pads or, or it's armor, but but there's like a the art's really nice is what I'm trying to get across. But I and and so much detail like the, the wires and the cabling going around lore is is like they really didn't half ass anything when 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 putting this together. But I thought I I I like Cantwell's take on on this universe and. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here, but it's it's a crazy crew. Like I said, I there was no when we get to that the last couple of pages and Worf is talking to Lore. It's like if 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 you saw the cover, you kind of knew who who Worf is assembling here, and it, it it kind of gave it away in that regard. But um, but I thought uh, there's only one character on the cover of the first issue that uh, that isn't present on the cover that's in the issue, but. Aside from that, but what was funny though is if you if you saw the house ads from IDW for this book, it actually says Bolana's name, even though Bolana's not on the cover. But yeah, I thought. Um, I mean, it's two Star Trek issues. I don't know if that's an Orama, but it is. It, it was a. Uh, it, Wait, it, do you want a Star Trek Orama? I'll give you one. Yeah, we'll do that. Here we come. How about, my, how about me uh, introducing myself as Brent Spiner, not knowing you were going to talk about this? That I knew it. I, that's why I had to. I had to bring it back. That's crazy. So yeah, but it was um, it was yeah. it was nifty, man. I th- this is something that and and again, like I said, I don't. There, you got to. It's not a way. fast and loose kind of thing, but there's there's a um, whatever's going on right now in the current season of Picard, because obviously we have a couple of characters that are in this comic that are on that show. Um, whatever happens in the future with Picard, it's not it's. It's like when Marvel was doing the Star Wars books. It's like, it doesn't matter what happens between the movies. It, it's it's still telling a story. These are still the characters you know and love, and it may not affect what's gonna what you're gonna see on the screen. But um, but we're still playing in in that sandbox, and it's it's a lot of fun. I'm 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 digging it. It's Jackson all over again. <laughs> Wait, what? Jackson, J A X X O N. The, oh, green, the, oh, green, the rabbit. green rabbit, yeah, from yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. How how Jason says Brent Spiner, he gets a smile. Like he didn't plan that. I said he didn't plan it. <laughs> Nothing was planned. That's what I said. I said how what a coincidence. Right, quinkening. Yeah. <sighs> What's the matter? Star Trek Orama. How about that? How about that? what was Jackson's last name, Vince? I have no idea. Tumparaki. Yeah. What is it? Wow. Tumparaki. Wow. Did you Google it? No. You don't know? Dude. <laughs> dude, you, go- you so Googled like, it. Dude. dude. Yeah, Tumparaki. <sighs> I love it that David loves the Star Trek books. Like, he's really enjoying them now. That's a good thing. It's always good when when we can go to it this, is. this little it is. safe haven. It's like yeah. when you enjoy the Star the Transformers books, or I enjoy yeah. very rare, yeah. very rarely the GI Joe books. Yeah, dude. Well, let's not end on a sour note. No, no. Oh no. no. Listen, all the nice thing about these books is that we know there'll always be more comics made of them because they're licenses that people think they can mine, and every now and then they get good. Yeah. yeah. And okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to this one more time around. We hope you will return next week. Please remember, if you would like to stretch, like Stretch Armstrong, make that comic book dollar go farther, maximum impact, uh, collected editions, omnibus, manga, 
there's only one place that you should be investigating, and that is CheapGraphicNovels.com. Go there, place an order, save a whole bunch of money, and you will get uh, an order confirmation email. Reply to that order confirmation email and say, my friends, my very good friends at 11 o'clock comics sent me, and you will get immediately, well, I don't know, maybe soon, uh, an email saying, you know what? Your second order, that shipping is on us, my friend. Yep. Yep. So there you go. And we have to thank our patrons for giving it up. They're 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 the the rocks behind this whole thing. Patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics. Uh they give to us so we in return bounce back images, polls, videos, audio. You get unheard, unheard stuff. That's not on the feed. If you're a patron, you will get like three to, I don't know, six hours of, of extra audio a month that no one else hears. Now, there's a reason for that. But if you're a fan, if you're a fan enough to be a patron, you're going to love it because uh-huh. it is a lot of bullshit. Um, but we give. And, and and the Slack's been pretty on and popping. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've been having a blast on that. It's been a lot of – it's – I mean – I, I, I tend to hang out in, in the memes and humor and the random threads, but I mean the main channels and and the art channel. Holy crap! No, oh, I'm I really enjoy just scrolling through the Slack at at random hours throughout the day. It's it's so much fun. I'm so jealous of Tim. Which one? Yes, the Kevin yeah. O'Neill. Tim Eakins. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Are you kidding me? Kevin O'Neill. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. whatever. Um, For real. Yeah. So yes, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics in your travels. I want you to be aware of something. I've been talking about each and I think every issue of this series to date. Um, It is the Spectraman Heroes miniseries that's coming out of Antarctic. And I gave some praise to, uh, let's just say the majority of it, but... I got to be totally honest that some of the visuals uh, prior to this issue, this is issue number five, were just good. They were they got the job done, right? Um, this issue finally, and it's the 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 last issue in the series. So at least they're going out with a bang because they got it right this time. This issue was written and illustrated by Matt Frank. Now, if you give me a kaiju-based comic book and the visuals do not inspire awe and wonder, something's wrong. Like, if you can't do a monster rampaging through a cityscape and a, um, a superhero fighting said monster and you're not making my jaw just ping-pong off the floor. Something's wrong. Matt Frank gets it right. He always gets it right. This art in Spectrum Man Heroes number 5, featuring the titular character, Spectrum Man, the first, the very first Japanese TV superhero. So there you go. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just too excited. Is a... The, the the visuals are just you'll be gobsmacked because oh I know what I wanted to say Matt Frank's work on Godzilla Rulers of Earth was good this work he has 
ascended to a, a much higher level since then. This work is just phenomenally good. Like, I look at every page of this, and I'm like, Antarctic, please, please lock Mac Frank down and get him on a friggin' Sentai or a Kaiju book. Please! Because this work is just too damn good for words. So, if you want to see some some great uh, Sentai Kaiju action, go to Spectraman Heroes number 5, Buy it, read it, love it. There's some process pages in the back. It's $4.99, but it's worth every penny. There's unused Tiger 7 covers. Um, there's some Matt Frank um, sketch and character pages. It is worth every damn penny. Get it. Spectreman Heroes number 5. I love Matt Frank. Love him. He doesn't do enough. He did that Red Man thing out of Behemoth. Now he did this uh, Spectreman. I want him on a book every month. I will gladly throw money at any publisher that decides to employ Matt Frank on a regular basis. Do it. You got it right, Antarctic. Finally. Finally. I'm just, yeah. You all right? I'm good. This made my week. That one issue made my entire week. Nice. It's, it's glorious. It's heavenly. Why can't we have that every... Some of the issues were just, yeah, they were okay. The art was just all right. But do I want all right when I'm throwing five bucks at a, at a publisher? No. I want excellent, next level. That's what Matt Frank is. He's you wonderful. Game right. He's wonderful. Yes. Yes. I believe you. Um, okay, Superman Orama. Oh, shiz. Can I do uh, that? Yeah, why not? So, uh, it's an Orama Orama. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! I really, really like the art in this first issue of Superman Lost. It is written by Christopher Priest. Art by uh, Carlo Pagulian. Uh, of course, they work together on Deathstroke. Uh, Jason Paz on inks. And this is a... Um, it's... It's kind of a story that's not... Um, it's almost like... I could say timeless. It's... Lois and, and, and Clark Kent are married. And um, I... There's okay. We have we have Superman and Lois spending time together, and something is um, something causes Clark causes Superman to leave. He has to go take care of something, so he he disappears, and uh, hours later he's back home. And he's just standing in the living room in full Superman outfit. You're just standing there. Lois fell asleep at her keyboard writing her story and, and wakes up and sees she's Superman there. And she's like, well, that that was quick. And then um, she walks out of the room. He's still standing there. She comes back into the room. He's still standing there because she's asking if he's hungry. And so she goes into the kitchen to get the dinner that she had made. And she comes back. She, she's having this whole conversation without him. He hasn't said anything. He's just standing there. And 
she's looking at him and she like walks all the way around him to see like what the hell's going on and and finally she's like hello and he's not looking at her and and, and she's like I'm glad you're back and and she's like you are back like right Clark I mean that was pretty quick as missions go and and he's like what do you mean quick he's like I've I've been gone for 20 years and she's just like got this look on her face like yeah I don't know what the, and, the, and the doorbell rings Lois is like all right just you know hold that thought give me a second and she turns around she answers the door and it's Bruce Wayne and he's he's walking into the house and he's like he's walking to the apartment he's like Lois I have some and before he can say I have some news or some bad news he sees Superman standing in the living room and now Lois is just like demanding from Bruce Wayne what the hell did you do and and Bruce can't even really answer and and she's like you seem surprised to see him standing here in 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 his own living room and it's like something's going on and you're not telling me and Bruce is like oh no I should go and he, she's like no you should stay because I need to know exactly what the hell's going on here and 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 Superman finally says like let him go he's like talk to me you're angry at me and and that makes two of us but she's like but but Bruce has nothing nothing to do with this and and she's like well there was an emergency that you left for what the hell was that all about and he's telling her the story about you know so so the entire justice league was there to 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 um to stop this this chinese submarine that had malfunctioned and and um it it was in sovereign waters where no no chinese sub should be um so before like this whole war could break out the justice league come in to try to you know solve the matter and massage any hurt feelings and um and they see something in the water and it turns out there was no submarine it was um it was it was something alien wasn't from this world and so the Justice League is trying to figure out what the hell's going on and, and what this is. And, and you've got Aquaman down there and Wonder Woman at Greenland and everybody's trying to figure out what the hell it is. And it's it's a it's some alien technology with a hyperdrive and that's what the army was trying to steal. And they've triggered something where now they have to they have to get it off the planet have to get it out of the water um the only person who can do it of course is superman and he uh he's he was trying to um take care of business and he the tether between him and the justice league and and the magic lasso um is broken and Superman is just gone, disappears, and Justice League spend all this time looking for him, scouring the ocean floor, looking at the skies, nothing. They circled the globe, and so finally, after enough time had passed, Bruce was like, well, someone needs to tell Lois. You have no idea where the husband is. So that's why Bruce is in Metropolis, and he shows up. To give her this news, of course, now Superman is back and Bruce is very surprised. And he's like, 
you got to tell me what happened. And Eddie's like, he's like, I do. And and she's so let's let, let's get started. So so if you've been going for twenty years, um, let's hear it. And and that's where the first issue ends. So the last page is Superman basically just floating out in space somewhere. And um, and so the story will be the next nine issues or so will be Superman making his way back home. But um, I, I like, I like priests take on Lois. Um, I'm not quite sure. There wasn't a lot of snappy Superman banter from, from priests, which is fine. Um, the Batman, the Bruce Wayne is perfect. I, I, I think it, this isn't the first time. I mean, Priest wrote Justice League Task Force. I mean, he's 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 written these characters before. Uh, he's not new to them, so this was fine. I it, it's not it's not tied into the current Superman continuity. It, it, it seems like it's going to just be its own thing. You know, Superman is married, and remember the Justice League, and that's fine. Um, so as far as a self-contained kind of standalone story, I'm looking forward to it. The art's great, um, and. Uh, if Superman's if, if Priest is going to write a Superman story where Superman has to try to get back home, I'll I'll um I'm really interested to see how this plays out. So yeah, in your travels, Superman lost number one. Right on, right on. Um, in your travels, I'm not going to tell you to read a specific comic because for most of you listening to this, it will be Friday, March twenty fourth. And so what I'm going to tell you to do in your travels is to head on over to Fantagraphics because yes. this is the start of their Fanta Buck sale. Uh, I'm sure many of you listening to this already know what the Fanta Buck sale is all about. But for those that might not, that is Fantagraphics annual sale. And essentially it's uh, for all intents and purposes, it's like a 50% off sale. But the way it works is, you go to Fanta on these days and you um, you buy book and then they uh, send you a code for uh, $50 increments. So like if you spend 50, you get a $50 code to use for free $50 books anytime over the next year, so forth, so on 100, 100. It's, it's, it's one for one. Um, you know, but you, you need to make sure you, it, you're incentivized to spend close to the $50 or just above each $50 breakpoint because it's it's like a $50 cutoff. So if you spend 50, you get the 50 code. If you spend 99, you get the $50 code, right? So you have to spend 100 to get the $100 code. Um, but you get the drift. The drift. Uh, but I know that we talk about fanographics a lot. Um, I mean, between us, we buy and or read a good chunk of fanographics output. And... I think that it's fair to say that most people listening uh, have heard us gush about Fantagraphics books, but because of budgetary reasons or what have you, they don't own a lot of them still. And so these, this sale is always a great way to remedy that. And uh, I mean, we don't need to speak to Fantagraphics bona fides, but like in anticipation of the sale tomorrow, I was just looking through their catalog and i'm just always blown away by it it's i almost i sometimes myself forget how many of these books we buy and read and talk about um but uh you just it is impossible for me to believe that you like this podcast and that there isn't something at the phantom book sale 
that you would enjoy. That's a good like, way that, to put it. I like that. Right? Like, there's yeah. no way. Uh, so, um, so check it out. You know, check it out for sure. It's, 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 and it helps. I think it's a big part of their annual revenue model as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great. I, I mean, I always punch myself in the face during the sale because I'm like, why do I pre order so many Fantagraphics books when I, so it, I have to dig deep. My well, speaking personally, but I'm also a freak. I, I probably buy a lot more fanographic stuff in a year than most. So, so uh, shame on me for not preparing better. But I'm even that. With that said, I'm going to find stuff for sure that I that I don't yet own right. that I would like to. So, it could be a very good opportunity to for you to um, take care of all those ducks books. Mm. You, they are on my list. A couple of them. Good. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it should be all on your list. Mm. Well, I have some already. Like, yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us one more time. We hope you come back next time because we will have some something really tasty for you. It's true. In the meantime, go to your comic shop. Go to CheapGraphicNovels.com. Uh, go to our website, 11oClockComics.com. Look at all the images. Oh, my goodness. Uh, hug your loved one. Pet your pets. And say goodnight. What's his name again? Fred? Lore. Lore. His <laughs> name his name is Lore. Uh, that's so cute. You're all right. David. Good night. Oh god. There we go. You think Freddie would say something different? There we go. <laughs> and I haven't watched a Nightmare on Elm Street movie in a minute. Hey. Nice job. Uh, thanks, man. That yeah. is, for anyone who's wondering, that is the Matchbox uh, Freddy talking dog. Nice. Yes. Vince, tell me you've seen Sp- uh, Spiral. Um, I am not a huge Saw fan. No, I know. I know, but I still figure you never... No, I, to... didn't, I didn't watch it because... Um, yeah, I don't see the point in torture porn. Interesting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting that you wouldn't like it. Uh, the, the, it, it you know, if there's a... Maybe this is going to be digging my, a hole for myself. But <laughs> like a, a Jason or a Leatherface or a Freddy, like there's a point where, where you have an entity that's just menacing and murderous mm. and killing, but... When it's just like a nefarious dude that's just making puzzles and shit that are designed to make people not be able to solve them, like that's not fun. I don't care. I only bring it up because the spiral was so bad. That's what I heard. It's almost impossible to fathom. The yeah, um, wow. I don't like it when you feature a character. It's 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 the Newt syndrome. When you feature a character in a beloved movie, and I'm not saying the Saw movies are beloved, but some of the Saw characters have progressed to a certain point only to be entirely decimated in cruel and callous ways. Like, you've survived this long. Is there no light at the end of this tunnel? And yes, I get it that maybe there's not. That's the whole point. I just, I don't need to expose myself to that stuff. I'll I'll watch a friggin' Serbian film before I watch the Saw movies. (laughs) and that movie's disgusting but at least there's somewhat of a point to it whereas Saw just seems like just ripping people up I don't like the hostile movies either 
They, I, I don't though, find though. Yeah, I wasn't. I those. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of those. Right. In fact, everything Eli Roth no, has I made. Do, I do have a. I have a soft spot in my heart for the Escape Room movies, though. And here's why. To your point, because you can act. They actually can be solved. Like people sure. escape right. them. Right. They escape them and they live. So like, I'm like, okay. Well, yes. I think not. Eli Roth should have stopped make, making movies after Cabin Fever. I think Cabin Fever's a great movie. I love it. But everything, I just don't see why Eli Roth is so celebrated as a, a horror auteur when, like, whatever. I don't want to get into it. But anyway, hey, we thank you for being here. Uh, come back. Well, I'll be here. We'll probably next month, next episode's not book of the month, is it? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next episode, we'll be it talking is. about Department of Truth, yo. We'll be getting yes. our tinfoil hat, and Jason will have to admit that he was misguided. And a lot of things. <laughs> well, you're going to finally admit you were misguided by reading Department of Truth after we pegged you to for two years, but that's cool. Very true. Yes, I should have written. I should have uh, read it. But anyway, bye. We love you. Tell them that. Oh, so much love. My heart is swelling. See, I like that when you do that. That's all right. No mm-hmm. facetious bullshit. No coy. Just tell them you love them. Yeah. Love, love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. You're all grown up. I, I can co-sign that song. <laughs> That's it for that one.